I had intended to start writing on this page again last year. The best laid plans can be thwarted by a global pandemic. We moved to England in 2017. My son was born in 2018. Probably the best thing that's ever happened to me was becoming a father. That little guy has taught me so much already, most of it in the I didn't realize a child could do that category. He learns at an alarming rate and tends to repeat the things he shouldn't. Case in point, last weekend I didn't realize he was behind me until I knocked into a table and said bugger it. Ethan thought this was hilarious and waddled past me, repeating loudly bugger it. Bugger it. Bugger it. So much to learn. Me, not him. 2020 changed everything. For most of the world we encountered the new reality of being told we couldn't enter the bank because we weren't wearing a mask. The whole pandemic was a bit of a minor inconvenience. Then people started getting seriously ill. Then they started dying. We were just moving back to South Africa on 1st of March 2020 when the world began closing its doors for travel. And I mean travel to the grocery store, not just between nations. COVID-19 was an inconvenience initially, but it changed everything. In March I had to go into hospital for the umpteenth time in a year because of a problem with my right foot. After about 10 days I was allowed out as I was seeking a second opinion. The second opinion was a little better than the first, but not much. The bones in my second toe were badly infected and the toe needed to be removed to preserve the rest of the foot. April 16, 2020. My 48th birthday. The day my toe was amputated. I'd actually signed consent for a complete below knee amputation if necessary so they would be able to remove as much as necessary. The bones behind the toe itself were, however, sound. My doctor removed the infected tissue and bone and the following day stitched the wound closed. Quite scary. Then came the long road to recovery. By June it was apparent COVID needed to be taken seriously. It also was apparent I needed a six-week course of four antibiotics, something pathologists had been saying for a year since my foot had become infected in England, that's another, very long story I'll share another post. My surgeon having been forced to close her practice because of COVID protocols, I went to another doctor in my third hospital and fourth admission of 2020. I was admitted for the antibiotic treatment. Thankfully I remember very little of the first two weeks. I do remember the COVID test on admission, being placed in a ward with three or four other guys waiting for our results from our first test and then having the second. Then I was moved to the surgical ward for the remaining six weeks treatment. It was a sound theory. My journal shows that the surgical ward had three other men in it. After two days, one had begun to cough badly, but hey, we'd all been tested. I overheard the doctors discussing him and mentioning that he now had COVID. Within a week all four of us were on the COVID ward. Relying on my journal I can say I was the last to show symptoms, but I succumbed more rapidly. Within a week of testing positive I was on a ventilator because my blood oxygen levels were at 80%. They should be 99%. I spent July, August and most of September bouncing between delirium, coma and lucidity. The hallucination I lived in for that time was truly terrifying. It felt real. Another story for another post. Rene contacted my friends via Facebook and asked for prayer. By the time I woke up there were prayer groups on five continents praying for me. I saw my COVID specialist this week. He told me I'm part of a very select group. That group is people who contracted COVID in a hospital, required ICU therapy, went into a coma, required a ventilator, came out of the coma, required a second use of a ventilator, went into kidney failure, lung failure, liver complications, heart failure, went into a second coma, suffered cardiac arrest, required CPR to revive, more than once, 
I was legally dead for four hours while the doctor and his team fought to revive me. Paddles are useless if the heart isn't beating at all. The team broke five ribs saving my life. It hurt a lot to breathe when I woke up, but I had an idea because of where the pain was what might have happened. Fewer than 100 people in the world survived what I went through. I lost over 35 kilograms slash 70 pounds in weight and looked like an animated corpse when I came out of the coma. I had no idea what had happened. I honestly thought it was just one day after I'd fallen asleep in June. I went to a step-down rehabilitation facility once I'd recovered enough strength a couple of weeks later. Then the biggest blow came. I'd had to stop the fourth course saving my foot when I developed COVID because of the severity of the infection. Now the infection was back and I was too weak to survive either the treatment or the infection. The only choice left was amputation. Everything below the knee. Not a great choice. Not a choice at all really. I'd just spent three months so far gone I'd essentially die, and now I had to choose between living between a wheelchair and a prosthetic or dying, for good this time. I looked at the latest pictures of Ethan and told them to go ahead. It's actually simple. I'm still the man I was before the operation to remove my foot. Only now I have fewer feet. I dislike the word disabled as it implies a severe incapacity to do anything. People now treat me like I'm made of glass and I have offended several who have seen me drop onto a footpath and insisted they would be helping by getting me back onto my foot. Just because I'm sitting on the floor next to the car doesn't mean I need or want any assistance. My left leg is quite capable of lifting me, I'm just heavy so sometimes I need slash wan to rest for a moment before I stand. If I wasn't an amputee these people would have ignored me. Now they are offended I reject their assistance because I want to sit for a moment. Loading a wheelchair into the back of a small car is a challenge at first, but after a few goes you get it down to an art. Enter the helpful people at the supermarket car park. They insist on grabbing the chair from me, often with such helpful comments as you can't do that yourself. Without considering that I got it to the store by loading it into the car. It's a new reality for me. And one that won't be going away anytime soon. I have a prosthetic leg, the picture was the day I received it in December 2020, which I'm slowly getting used to. It still needs a bit of fine-tuning, and I have a stubborn rash on my stump that prevents me using it all the time yet, but I'll get there. This post has been much longer than I'd intended, and I still have by necessity left out much of the detail. Reality is flexible. We must adapt to what goes on around us. I love the Old Testament heroes. Joseph and David in particular. These two young men were destined for greatness from a young age. David was a teenager when Samuel arrived and anointed him as king over Israel. Joseph was a teenager when God gave him the dream showing him he would be the ruler over his family and beyond. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. David's father-in-law tried to have him killed. Both men endured trial after trial, prison, exile, hunger. But they adapted. They kept God as their focus. Joseph is the only patriarch God does not admonish at any point. David is a man after God's own heart. No matter what the enemy throws at them, they adapt to overcome the new reality. Viktor Frankl's incredible story of his time as a prisoner in Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp is especially significant as one reads it because he clearly had a greater sense of freedom and peace than did many of the guards. Circumstances will always change. But life is what we make of it. It's not the first time I've cheated death. It may not be the last. Each time I do, my reality changes. I try to keep God at the center. Right now I'm seeking inspiration listening to Terry Waite read his autobiography Taken on Trust. I find his story moving. Inspiring. My hero as a boy was Douglas Bader, the fighter pilot who led not only a squadron, but a fighter wing in World War II despite losing both his legs in a crash several years before war broke out. 
My faith carries me, as always. I will continue to write more of a Bible-centered message for the next entry, but for now I'll leave with this thought, I'm not special. God promised me a long life 25 years ago. I'm not finished with it yet. The enemy has rarely hit me directly like this in the past. But I never thought I was exempt from his direct assault. My heart I try to use to focus on Jesus. It's not always easy and now I have to make major changes to my physical environment anywhere I go so that I can be certain I can do something as basic as shower or use the toilet safely as well as align my heart to Him. But actually very little has changed. I am still the same man I was, mostly. I choose to follow Christ in all things, despite what I've lived through in the past year. Someone said to me recently that the devil only attacks when he's scared of what you're capable of. I'm not the only one that applies to. Let's take the changes in the way things are done and as Christians let's throw dirt in the devil's face. Right now the world needs our presence more than at any time in the last 2000 years. The persecution we'll face will make my last 12 months look like a picnic, don't get me wrong. Something Ethan has taught me is that people who are hurting push away everyone, even when we're bringing the answer to their pain, but after you help them once or twice something changes and then they will start to come to you for the answer. We have the answer. For us as Christians that's not new but it's a new reality for the world as they realize they need that answer.